Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio Every weekend night with Princess Cooper Never had it so good radio Now on 101.1 And it's 24-7 The world's best radio In this day and time Stereotypes are the false descriptions For all of humanity James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is your host, James T. Deshay, here with Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know, I am pleased and happy to be here with you. I need those of you who are listening to know that we're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that we can give you a platform to have your voice heard more than just a few blocks. It is important that we recognize that it's time for us to, to engage ourselves in a way that people take us seriously. And right now, and when we're living in a world that is chaotic, uh, we find ourselves trying to fight through the complications of what is going on around the world to have a voice. Uh, I want to start out with Kathy. Uh, Kathy, uh, I keep asking you the same question over and over again uh, because I am so concerned about going on what's going on in California. And it's just so difficult for me to understand how you are so at peace uh, when it seems that um, there's fires all around you and and people are going through some very traumatic uh, times. 
what what is your uh, state of mind right now? Uh, as we, uh, I heard the other day that there is not a fire season in California anymore. The whole year is considered to be uh, the season. What's going on over there in California, Kathy? <laughs> Hey, James, good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> James, um, you know what? I just scrolled down my Facebook page and saw that fire, and I began to pray for that fire and for those people over in that area. It is nowhere near me and my family. We are actually in a, in a, in a circle. I mean, most of my family live within the same area, within maybe uh 20 to 30 miles from one another. So we're all here together. And there is no fire here. The fire is actually um, on the opposite side. You know, California is so big. So um, where that is, it's nowhere near us. But I am praying for them. And I don't know what's going on if someone is starting these fires or if it's uh, something just happened. I'm not sure. But um I was looking at that earlier, but we are okay over here, and we are praying, and that's all we can do and um, pray for the firefighters that they're okay as they're out there doing what they do best, which is um, put out fires. Well, you know, Kathy, uh, it is very difficult for those of us who are in different areas to really understand um, the chaos that is going on uh, with these fires, you know, we just get these little tidbits uh, from the news media. Uh, but I, I do have a question I want to ask everybody who's online uh, because it kind of, I'm kind of concerned about this grandfather who left his his wife and uh, two grandchildren for what he said was just for a few minutes. I just can't imagine why. Uh, at a critical time uh, that I would do that. I know he says he thought the fire was far enough away from him, but um, the news that we're getting is the fire moves so fast that you may think you're safe one minute and you're at death's door the next. And so uh, as a man, I'm not sure if I, I would have responded uh, to leaving my family at such a critical time and why they just couldn't go with me or why didn't they have a vehicle that they could get in and, and leave? Uh, so, uh, Joyce, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, when you hear this man and he seems uh, like he is uh, very hurt, uh, why would you just leave your family like that? Well, that, that happens in a lot of situations. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I, I, I personally probably wouldn't hold anything guilt or see anything different than what it is that he did. A lot of families, uh, they go ahead of their families, uh, and, and and a lot of people tend not to fly together a whole family. Just in case something happened, it would not wipe out the whole family. I'm not for sure as to what that situation is, but I know that certain people do take those type of precautions. So that could be a, a possibility. But in a situation like that, you, you may have he may have thought that his family was, was safe and, and close, but sometimes those fires, they sneak up and they travel so far, the wind can just throw it uh, uh, miles 
from where it originated and um, you you in a gulf of, of uncontrollable uh, situation. So um, I, I can't fault him for making the decision that he made at the time. I'm sure whatever he did, he did it in the best time. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out um, that way. Yeah, Nate, uh, is we're looking at what's going on in California from a distance. Uh, Florida has had its times when uh, it is caught on fire, but it does not seem an every year kind of thing. Uh, but I just, I just wanted to give everybody the opportunity uh, to, um, to to share their thoughts related to this man leaving for ten or fifteen minutes in the midst of this fire, and then not being able to get back uh, to give aid to his wife and these two grandchildren. I just don't think I would have left them for for any length of time. They would have had to go with me. Well, good evening, everybody. And, uh, she probably was thinking that it wasn't as bad that that he thought it was going to be. You know, he probably went out to scout out to check some things out and everything like that. You know, I don't think he had here expected for it to be as bad as it was because fire is so unpredictable. You know, uh, you know the winds can change and uh, everything. So. If I, I believe he had a chance to do it all over again differently. He probably, he probably would. Um, you know, um, it, 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 you know, I, I wasn't there, so 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 it's so it's hard to say. As for me, I probably would have. I, I probably wouldn't have left because I probably, I'm the type that I like to be in charge, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm the best. Uh, I'm the best. Uh, best I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the best means of getting my family out of that situation. And things like that, but I, I wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he felt like going off with his own would have put his family in a better position to, to, to be safe. You know, to get them. Maybe he went out to recon, recon a certain area, or recon the situation, get an assessment on it. I mean, we can look at this thing so many ways, but I, I really don't feel like that he went. You know, that he meant for any harm to happen, especially that in, that in that short length of time. So, you know, you said a ten to fifteen minute window. That, that I, I believe he would have to do an assessment on the situation, you know, and, and figure out what was the best avenue of approach. I don't I don't think that he was even thinking that for that that length of time that anything disastrous could happen. So I'm 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 gonna cut him a, a break on that, you know, and just and just think that he was what he did, he was just trying to do the better for his family. Thank you. Uh D, you know, um it it is it's just kinda like I said, I've never been put in that position. Uh, but to to have uh, your wife and children, I, I'm assuming that uh, you know you make a lot of assumptions because you don't know the whole story. But uh, being that he had called back to the house and told him he was on his way back and couldn't get back, you assume that this the lady didn't have another vehicle or she maybe she didn't drive or I don't know what the situation was, but looked like his family would have been safer with him. Uh, them them being left at the house by themselves. Well, good evening, and uh, I was gonna play the uh, devil's advocate and uh, the probability of that situation until I heard the military man speak, uh, and uh, he could have very well uh, went out to assess the situation. Uh, I I can't say that I would not have done the same thing. Uh, go out to assess the situation uh, to see if we had a probable chance of survival 
and to see if uh, and to see uh, what the best route of escape would be. Unfortunately, like uh, you know, we know that the winds are, are dreadfully high in California when they when they these fires uh, are fed by the wind, and uh, in all of that, uh, the change of direction is very uh, consistent all the time. So uh, I I I want to side with Nate that uh, the man was probably trying to assess the situation, uh, thinking that he was going to be only a few minutes. If, if, if they was at an elevated uh, position, he thought that he probably would be able to see a little better of what was going on. And uh, But uh, this is something that he probably going to have to live with for the rest of his life, uh, his decision-making uh, on, on this issue. Thank you. Yeah, he suggested that he had not received a evacuation notice and he thought that there was a river uh, or a large flow of water uh, between him and the fire. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm just saying uh, that uh, being an older man and an older woman, maybe the woman didn't drive. Uh, they said that she was huddled up uh, with the kids and, and had them uh, wrap wet blankets around them. Uh, but they were filed uh, huddled together, and he was on the phone with them uh, during the last uh, minutes of their lives. Uh, it's, it's just an awkward situation, and of course, none of us uh, have find ourselves in that situation. But it is just um, tragic that uh, a grandmother and her two grandkids uh, were caught in a situation where they could not get out alive. Um, I want to change gears right now and go to uh, talk about Jameis Winston. And um, now that he has been uh, given a three-game suspension and will not be able to pay until, play until the fourth game, and we've been dealing with uh, Mr. Winston for a long time, ever since all the way back to, to Florida State. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Florida State. And so um, – now I'm starting to believe that this man just has some issues that he seemingly believes uh, that he can take uh, favor uh, with women that uh, he doesn't know very well. And uh, that now you, it lends itself to believing uh, that some of the things that happened at Florida State uh, may have been true. Uh, but on a, in an overall issue, why are, is the NFL not doing more to help these young men uh, to, to stay on the straight and narrow and give them some idea about the amount of money they can lose? Uh, he has lost his contract with Nike uh, because of this incident. And, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, you just, and he has not yet shown uh, that he can really do what he needs to do uh, to be a Super Bowl champion. He has shown uh, some some um, efforts to really be a real good quarterback, uh, but yet feel kind of stuff always messing with you. It, it really doesn't go a uh, farewell. Um, D, what are, what are your thoughts, you know, related to how we need to get these young men to understand the value they 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 have in our country uh, to give guidance to young people and uh, just stay away from things that, that are going to uh, show them in a bad light. 
Well, um, you know, I think if you look at uh, our recent history, uh, looking at T.O. Uh, situation, and to look at our random mouse situation, uh, they explained uh, when they became better in their thinking. Uh, they, they explained that they were their family's meal ticket to get out of their uh, poverty situation. Now, um, the problem is that uh, it's easy to recognize, uh, we have said this before, when you uh, come into riches and you're not used to anything and you don't go through the hard uh, hard enough means to obtain it, you really don't know how to appreciate it. Uh, you know, but I, I have said since the, the, the saga of uh, Mike Tyson, if Mike Tyson had had somebody like, you know, Customato, his his one-time trainer at that time, uh, was more, no, nothing more or uh, nothing less than Mike Tyson's handler. He knew how to keep him safe out of trouble and out of harm's way, out, uh, despite himself. Um, Mike, had, Mike Tyson had a reputation of thinking that, that he was above reproach. Uh, him being a golden glove uh, boxer and everything, like most fighters, they think that he can't be touched by most people. So, uh, but, you know, after Michael Vick and countless others, uh, they, would do, they would do better, especially if they don't know how to do. They would be, do better to spend some of that money that they have to have people that help manage them. And if nothing else, if nothing more, to give them a good uh, PR persona. Uh, so, you know, so, but, but trying to do everything on your own and still wanting to be a party animal, uh, that, that's, a, that's a recipe for disaster. And so, um, and so there you have it. You know, they, they got these riches. They still want to uh, entertain the bars. Uh, you know, you can you can ask uh, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, uh, uh, Rosenberg. Uh, once he thought that he wanted to be part of the party circuit, uh, a lot of times, like with Mike Tyson, you put yourself in a um, compromised situation where, uh, for the lack of a better term, uh, gold diggers might be on the hunt. And so, if you put yourself in those situations, there are going to be people that that are looking to make a buck. Everybody, everybody is an opportunist when the opportunity comes. And so, uh, James Winston, um, you know, uh, I don't know if the NFL is going to put up with him or even his team because now he has hurt his team. Uh, he's probably going to be benched, actually, just to be made an example of. Thank you. It is uh, incredible that some people are able to go through the whole uh, transition without very little uh, without little scape being scathed, uh, but Joyce, it just seems like if these men are truly the assets uh, that they believe they are, and if the uh, the people are willing to give them millions in, uh, for endorsements, uh, that somebody needs to find a vehicle to assist them to to avoid uh, these kind of uh, issues. Uh, I mean, here it is that for three or four seconds of involvement with this Uber driver, this boy has been 
is has uh it's cost him millions of dollars now that he's lost a Nike contract. Okay, well, I live in Arizona. I live where it took place. It took place in Scottsdale. Scottsdale is one of those elite areas that uh S Cross Barkley that you can easily get in trouble. Now, it's not necessarily that Winston did it. And that's a, a that's a that's a, a strong possibility that he didn't do it. But he had a reputation going into the league, and he was just vulnerable, just like you say. They, he just there for the picking. When you go to those type of nightclubs, all they do is just make a phone call, and, and a lot of times that could be a setup. That could be in his situation. But by him having a reputation that they got him out of trouble there in Florida that travels with him, so guess what? This young lady can say anything. First of all, shouldn't have been in the front seat. Assuming he had a friend there with him to testify otherwise, but and then she did not report it uh, when she should have. Uh, she realized who she was traveling with, and then all of a sudden it came up in the end. But by him being in trouble, he has to eat it. Uh, you know, he has to give whatever they team give him out. And it could be a situation where now, if they want to get rid of him, what an easy way to do it. Our young people got to realize is that uh, you need some type of guidance. Now, NFL do have some of those programs, what you're stating, in place. That's just not coming to be. They have young men that's going around, um, and I like to say such as my son who have written books, what to expect, how to handle yourself, how to carry yourself, what to look for. And um, and they, they play on anyone that's vulnerable, not just but the young young guys that's coming out. Same with uh, Dallas Cowboy uh, quarterback. He got himself in a situation, you see. So these young people got to think. They really do got to think, you know, you out there calling yourself having a good time, you're easy for a setup. You need some type of mentor. You need a mentorship. Who you hung with in the, in the beginning, that's who you need to hang with through the end. Look at uh, – uh, LeBron James, he rolls with the same crew all the time. They know what to expect. Someone told him exactly what the playbook is. Our young kids got to learn what the playbook is. You always, someone is always out to get an easy buck on you and to run a game. Most people don't like you earning that type of money anyway. So my thing is try to put it back in the neighborhood where it needs to be instead of going out there blowing it. Same with our with our. Uh, uh, singers, our rappers, and the whole bit. Can you imagine what they could be doing for the the, the community and for our neighborhood and for uh, 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 grooming our young people? It's just ridiculous. I hate that 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 happened to them. But Charles Ballard went through it. Uh, that Philadelphia Eagle quarterback they got him for DWI. They got that ESPN guy here uh, when they had the Super Bowl for soliciting prostitution. He lost his career. You know, I can go on and on and on. Uh, Michael Jordan was here with Charles Barkley, too, for an event, and they wiggled their way out of that. Start to, when you come to Arizona, you better be clean. I mean clean because they're going to get you. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think you're talking about um, uh, Sapp, Larry Sapp, uh, who, you know, is one of the guys who got involved, who was a, had an anchor position. Had it made in the shade and uh, just, uh, a warrant sap. A warrant sap, okay. 
And he's um, a Philadelphia Eagle quarterback. I forgot his name, but they got him for DWI twice uh, over in Scottsdale. Uh, but he, he used to be the quarterback when T.O. was quarterback, and they couldn't get along. And they got Randall. McNeil. Randall. Yeah, McNeil. Yeah, McNeil. They got him here, too, in Scottsdale. Uh, Nate, what, what do you think it is that these guys, you know, why don't you get a private You got all this money instead of using Uber. Why don't you get your private driver to drive you around to avoid some of these situations? And uh, But uh, these guys don't understand that. Just like uh, George is saying, all that money he don't lost with Nike could have been used. Uh, in the black community, and uh, they they just don't seem to understand the value of what it is that they're going through right now, and how much a big help they could be uh, to their communities if they were to behave like LeBron James. I think that a lot of that is coming from <clears throat> from when they started playing, just like A ball, Park Warner, all that kind of stuff. I really feel like it's the coaches and everybody around them who's bringing them out. Favorite, giving them favoritism, and when you're growing up in that kind of environment, you're going to think your stuff don't think. You don't think you have to answer nobody. I mean, when I ran track for a popular high school, they changed my grades one time so I could run in a track meet. So when you sit up here, every time you get in a situation, they bailing you out, not making you making you accountable for anything. You're going to have that attitude because they were saying when James Winston was at Florida State, they said a lot, they said um, the Tallahassee Police Department did a whole lot to not even try to press charges against him or try to hide the evidence, not make no big issue out of it. So when these guys get into the NFL or get into any situation where they can make some money, they already think they're untouchable because people already made a way for them. So what you how you expect them to act? When they get in a situation, when they have money, it's the same thing we were doing when, when I joined the army. They told us that hey, y'all need to be careful, y'all targets. People look at y'all as money makers and all this kind of stuff, and that wasn't even nowhere near on the level of what those guys are. So I, I think it starts at, at the part one age and everything, because these guys are growing up thinking that they're untouchable. You got the all star high school quarterback. I've been I've been to high school quarterback couldn't be touched and all this kind of stuff. So when you were you, you the golden boy growing up? You don't think you can't you can't be touched, especially you know. And and, and the sad thing about it, especially with the, when it comes to the black athletes, because the black athletes gonna get treated differently from the white athletes. If some of that stuff happened out of in Tom Brady, they'll be trying to push that mess under the rug. We he don't he don't have the option, but he thinks he's in the same status as Tom Brady and as all the other people. You gotta we have to be real with what we are, and like you said, get some mentors, but get mentors. That's gonna stay with you for a while. Now I'm talking about mentors. I want somebody gonna mentor you through high school, through your college, as well as when you get into the NFL. It's already get other mentors, but get a solid mentor that's gonna stick with you for a while. Who's gonna correct you? Who's gonna check you and everything? But when you get into that limelight and everything like that, if you never had nobody to guide you. You always have somebody to give you everything you want. What do you expect? Thank you, sir. Kathy, you run a foundation, and you know what it's like to try to get um, donations and to get money. And here these guys are just uh, throwing money away uh, because of their bad behavior. And you want them to understand, you know, it's a, that they are uh, are role models. And what they do uh, speaks to all these kids, and seemingly they're just not ready or prepared to take on the uh, responsibilities of being role models or being good citizens. 
Yeah, that's with that's with everything, James. Not only um, the football players, basketball players. I mean, we could just go to just the regular old people. There are some people that will, you know, take that extra step to do something uh, different to help someone in the community. Then there are those that will just, you know, walk by and and won't do anything. So I mean, and it is a sad situation to know that they do have all this money and that they're not. But is it really their obligation to help or is it, I mean, it's their money. So shouldn't they be able to um, do whatever they want to do with their money? They made it, they played for it, they earned it, they worked hard for it. So, I mean, can we really judge them for not um, um, utilizing their money for uh, the good of others, can we really judge them for that? No, I don't. I don't really think so. I mean, because there are those that do give, you know, behind the scenes that we don't know about. I mean, NFL, NBA, all of those. You know, a lot of those people have organizations that go out and do good things, and and sometimes you never even hear about uh, some of those things that they do do. Well, uh, D, we are aware that a lot of these guys. Uh, do have foundations that are doing a lot of good things. Uh, but there's so much more we need to do in our society. And uh, it, it is just like, you know, we, these guys just don't know the leadership they could provide to our society if they were to just band themselves together and do what is necessary to move us down the moral field. And so I understand what uh, is saying. They're not under any obligation. But morally, you, when you are making that kind of money, you see the circumstances that's going on in our society that you should be w- willing and able to step up. Well, let me, uh, I want to expound on something that Nate said. Uh, and that is, uh, 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 corrupting or uh, taking advantage of, of the privilege of your talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went to uh, I went to high school in Atlanta, and we had a, a quarterback in our high school that was uh, ambidextrous. Uh, he could throw with his right hand and his left hand. Uh, he was a, uh, a, a a good prospect for college. Uh, Georgia was looking at him. And, in fact, Georgia did draft him. Uh, uh, they gave him a, uh, a scholarship. But uh, the, the athletic director of Georgia, Vince Dooley, y'all might know him, uh, found out that uh, the school, both in high school and in college, was cooking his way. Uh, they, was, they, was boosting, they was boosting his grade so that he would be able to play. Uh, so uh, Vince Dooley cut him from the team. And started uh, Buck Maloof. Y'all might have heard him, heard of him. Uh, in that, so I mean, and T.O. and and, and Randy Moss both spoke of this. How uh, I think it was Randy Moss that said that uh, his high school actually uh, helped him play by uh, helping helping him academically, which he uh, giving him grades that he did not earn. So, but when Miss Kathy says uh, the things that she has. 
Um, I think that the, the fact that we just want them to be able to enjoy the the earnings that they have obtained at this moment. Uh, you know, we, we spoke about briefly about LeBron James, how he has uh, decided to fly uh, in the in narrow lane of life and, and, keep, and fly straight and narrow. Uh, and that is presently the case, however, by, by him taking a political stance on some of these issues of the day, they may very well be out for him next. And lastly, I want to I want to uh, mention um, the uh, the Baltimore Oreo, the Baltimore Ravens linebacker. Uh, Nate, what's his name? Help me out. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Thank you. Uh, the, the situation of Ray Lewis uh, should be a prominent reminder. Get out of here. I'm sorry. Should be a prominent reminder to everybody that. You know, you can take the boy out the hood, but can you take the hood out the boy? Because when you, when you go back to the hood and try to indulge with your friends and everything, uh, they have a tendency to put you in a bad situation. So uh, these athletes should remember, you know, if you're going to use your raw talent to get out of the hood, please make steps to take the hood out of your personality. One of the things, though, um, I'll say uh, to all of you who are there listening is, you know, you we we uh, we are struggling to get away from the slave mentality, and we're struggling to create our own uh, environment to success. But you have to recognize that the last thing you need to do is give back the money that you've taken from white America uh, because of your talent or your abilities and then turn around and give it back. I have to tell you, I'm, um, it ain't none of my business, but I'm just telling you my two cents. It's just like Michael Jackson. All that money he earned because of how strong a father he had, how disciplined his father made him and his brothers. And all the entertainment they gave us, and you give that money right back to the people who uh, least deserve it. I would have so much uh, appreciated that he gave that money back to his brothers and his sisters and his daddy and his mama. Uh, but yet, his mama is the only African American that I know of that serves on the board that controls his money. That don't make no sense to me. When you, when all these athletes take this money away from their their white coaches, uh, excuse me, their owners, and then somehow, and from Nike and all these other people, and then you turn around and give it right back, and uh, and it doesn't serve yourself, your family, or your community. Uh, I just find that to be crazy. Uh, uh, Joyce, what are, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, we that money. We need every dime of that money to stay in our community. I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's true that uh, they earned it. Uh, it's true that, but I think you owe that to your community because your community helped you get out of that situation and put you in a situation, and you tend to forget. Now, all the salad givers, they shouldn't be salad too much. 
they need to come out and show what they're doing for their community. They need to show what they're doing for these organizations. This way you learn, the young people can see, and then maybe they want to be like a, like a, like a, a LeBron James. He's putting his money where his mouth is. I want to know what you're doing for my people. I want to know what you're doing for the community. He made a promise, and he lived up to it. I'm so glad he named the school what he did, the promise school, because my thing is he challenged, if I were him, I want to challenge every other athlete out there making that kind of money, step up to the plate. Sure, the Curry's probably doing whatever, but we need to know that. Your community needs to know that. These young boys that's coming through the college, trying to go to the NFL, you need to let them know what you expect for them once they make it. Once we you make it, we expect for you to do so much to pull up. Go back, pull up, bring somebody, and walk them through the system. Do not let them go through the system and give that money, like you say, back to the white man on a humbug. Because, I mean, they're thinking about how they're going to take half the money that they're giving you. Believe me, that's what they're doing. And if they don't, they'll find a way. Look at that uh, quarterback. I be damned, you're good at what you do, but I'd be done if you didn't get yourself in trouble. Why? Female. you got to learn how to stop it. We got to tell our young people and us females, black sisters and brothers, mothers, we need to talk to our young men. Let them know that, hey, you, you, you're fair game when, when you're out there. You need to walk your way in a wall. You need to hold your head up, and you're obligated to do certain things for yourself and for the community. That's what we need to do. We need some role models. We really do. We need to start talking to our young people, and we need to get on these coaches if they're doing what D say. Uh, uh, just letting them slide through. That's not helping these kids. Sure, you know, when they make that you, earn it, the harder you earn it, the better you know how to uh, apply much. yourself. But, D, it does not take much to make no C. It does not make much to, uh, to, to be a 2.0. You don't take on genius to have a 2.0 average. You and I both know that. So it is just purely laziness that these guys are unable, uh, ill-equipped uh, to uh, be able to get a 2.0 average. Uh, I mean, they should, should be shooting for at least a 2.5, so they don't ever have to worry about it. But it's just pure lazy. I taught for 30 years, and it, it is just lazy for a person not to be able to get a 2.0. Uh, Kathy, um, we talked a lot about what we and, – and, your foundation and others could so much benefit if they could have a a a person that took you on as a, a, a organization that they were going to support. From your mouth to God's ears, I believe it. I receive it. <laughs> yes, James, you're you're absolutely right, and it's not. Uh, it's not like that. I, I, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. But I know that God um, always make a way for us. And we, actually, we could if one of those players or singers would just come alongside. They don't even have to be out in the front if they don't want to. And just uh, donate once a month to our organization. We could hit more cities than we have been hitting. We can we can make more of a change than we have been making change. But I thank God for what he has done, but you're absolutely right. It's not like I'm not trying to hit them up, but I don't know if they just not get my messages or they don't want to be. I don't know what it is. I really don't know, but you're right. Yes, 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 yes. They can help me out. Thank you. 
<laughs> uh, Regina, we we are we're talking about uh, some of the chaos that is happening around our sports athlete, and uh, we were focusing on uh, Jameis Winston, who now finds himself under a three-day suspension because he uh, groped a supposedly groped a Uber driver, and now he's lost his uh, Nike contract. And we we just want our young men women to know that there is that that money is so easily uh gotten uh but it can even be easily uh removed when you do something that is inappropriate on a public stage you know and good evening good evening um that's not only for for athletes that's for um that's for a lot of different people, you know. And I, I, I distinctly remember a child accusing me of something that was just totally absurd, absurd. And I told the parent, "Days, these times have changed, and whereas teachers would do something like spank a child or pinch a child or something." And it would be seen as um, as a form of discipline. You're not trying to hurt the child. I've told the parent, under no circumstances do you ever have to worry about me touching your child, um, speaking to your child inappropriately. It's almost to the point where you could actually see them about to run in the street doing flips almost breaking their neck and you just keep your mouth shut because you can so easily lose your job, lose your income, lose your livelihood over foolery. So it's not just, you know, like the athletes. It's it's anybody. You have to think these. You have to think. Think, is it worth it? I mean, is it, is it, and I can, I can share this, this thought with you. Um, my, my dad just gave my daughter a car, and so we bought it back from Virginia. And I looked at Facebook page, and it said, it was some sort of challenge, and it said something about you, um, Took my. Not only did you have somebody in your car or something, but you had to be in my car. So my family from Virginia, they were looking, and in their minds, they were thinking, "Oh, she just got the car." I told her, "Hand me over the key," because she's in the house. She said, "Mom, it was just I was just playing. You didn't think. You didn't think of the repercussions of posting this type of foolery." We have got to think as humans, as individuals, before we act, before we Amen. do things. We must think. Now, my dad, this nice car, very nice car. In fact, it's my car. She's going to be allowed to drive at certain places. But can you imagine they see this on Facebook, mm. and they're thinking how in um, – how irresponsible I am for letting her even let some man drive her car 
and it was not mm. even true. So we must say, and she said, Mom, you're taking the keys because um, I had something on Facebook. I said, no, I'm taking the keys because you did not think. Regina, you need to make her write that to the people who gave her that car, too, and explain to her how, how she didn't think. She needs to justify that to them so they can see her in a different light. Right, because I I looked at it, and the first thing that came to my mind was, when did she get out the house? I mean, when, when did she leave the house? And you got to know our household. I'm sort of a helicopter parent, so if you're out in my house, I know you're out in my house. <laughs> <laughs> But then, well, I would do that then. too because you that's you you got to let her make sure that she know what she did and make sure she clean it up. Oh, thank you. That's so. I'm glad somebody's thinking like I'm thinking. You got to clean up this mess. You got it all the time. So it we got to think that 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 it is amazing. You got to think. It is amazing that. Um, you know, people have to continuously go through this. I don't know if I, I told you told you all this story, but uh, I had a father who was just a. My dad was an outstanding father. Now he wasn't much of a husband, but he was an outstanding <laughs> father. Um, but he uh he bought me a car when I was in uh the tenth grade or whenever I could get a car, he bought me a car. And he bought a car, and he had to paint it and really souped it up for me. And um, I was foolish enough to let a friend of mine use my car to go get his paycheck. And he used my driver's license uh, and gave my driver's license to the police officer when he was speeding. And uh, just to make a long story short, uh, my license got suspended because I wasn't even aware I had a ticket. But when my dad figured out everything that happened, he took my car and sold it and didn't give me a red dime, you know. <laughs> so it was like, here I was, was a young man driving around the city, one of the few young men my age that had his own car, and I took it lightly. And uh, I didn't get another car until I was a junior in college. And so... Mm-hmm. It- People don't understand how much a gift is get, getting these gifts uh, from uh, those people that love you. And you're so right, Regina. Um, all of us need to, to take some responsibility in what it is that we need to do to show our appreciation uh, to our parents, to our community, uh, and to the world uh, that we ha- we deserve to be here. But they they can't, and I just couldn't let her think that she was being because with that gift comes responsibility, and she's not mature enough. I don't care how old she is, she's not mature enough to to really handle this big responsibility. So I'm going to help her navigate it. That's right. And my navigation, she's not going to like because see. I, when I pull out with that sunroof open, looking cute in that car that she's supposed to be looking cute in. That's right. Hmm. That's all I got to say on it. 
Uh, D, what about the responsibility? D, what about responsibility of all of us have uh, to the world to, to do our part in a way that makes the world better? Well, uh, I am a strong believer that, uh, and y'all, y'all don't think it's funny that I say this, but uh, it is because of the life of Donald Trump. Uh, and the uh, and the, and the the posture that America has taken uh, is one of the reasons that we are starting to look at ourselves now a lot a lot better. That's right. Uh, it's one of the reasons that Miss like Miss Joyce and Miss Kathy says and like Miss Regina says we got to start taking the helm back in our own hands because for far for far too long we just didn't we didn't say enough. Um, you know. Now, when it comes down to uh, owning up and taking responsibility, we all know as adults that in doing so, it builds character. It builds character when you own up, when you learn to say, I'm sorry. Because, you know, I know too many people who don't have the attribute of putting together enough words to say, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they're stuck in a time zone where the ego runs everything. So, uh, like Ms. Regina said, we have to, we have to get to a point where if they don't know, we got to show them how it's supposed to go. Because, like you just said, James, look, after my after my tenure of drug usage, I am consistently day after day after day trying to prove to everybody, including my dead mom, that I'm worthy of doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? It, it is my mission in life to even prove to her, even though she's not here in the physical, that I am the man that she thought I always could be. How about that? You know? And, you and know, so that's who I am. And, Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. And we have a responsibility, even here on this, on this show, uh, that we, 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 we want to stop preaching to the choir. Uh, we have responsibility uh, to expand our voices uh, beyond uh, this circle so that people uh, we, we're on a mission you know what I'm saying I'm on a mission I'm not I'm not doing this just to hear myself talk I want to expand the conversation I want to grow from the conversation every conversation we have we all should be growing from that conversation and expanding that conversation beyond just us. Uh, because we're not benefiting anybody if there's not an expansion going on. And so, you know, we have to recognize that, that there is a world that needs to engage itself. And a movement is made uh, with one or two people who have a different understanding than the norm. And so I want there to be a conversation about why we don't have an organization um, as people of color that is as big as the NRA. I want there to be a conversation by why we don't uh, make sure that these young men who are in the NFL and the NBA uh, understand their value and what they do, what they need to do uh, with their communities uh, so that they can make a difference. Uh, how many people we we want to to grow up to be like uh, 
uh, Steve, Stephen Kerr and and the and these people and uh, and uh, Durant and and even Green. I mean, these guys are the ultimate, and and everybody ought to look at them and say, I want to be more like them. Okay, and so, but they have to make sure that they stay on the straight and narrow so that these young people can look at them and emulate them, and then they give back to their communities. And I'm sure they are in some kind of way. And you think about it, it don't take all that money that they have uh, to live. We know and recognize that, uh, but we don't want people stealing the money away from them that could be going to their communities. And that's the thing that I care about, uh, Joyce, is we want uh, to take full advantage of those who made their way to the very top and to give back, like you say, in a way that their communities can uh, can grow as well. There is no reason why we can't have an organization that has the same kind of influence as the NRA that looks to solve the, the issues of the black community. Well, there is an organization, but uh, so far that people have gotten away from it and don't support it, which would be your NAACP, your Urban League. Those are organizations out there, but what would, would, would draw them to those type of organizations? That's what needs to be done. We They need to revamp, and we need to take the lead in getting them to go back to those that can make a difference. But those guys that you named, Durant, uh, Kerr, all those guys, they, they had a lot of talking to in their home. It starts there at the home. That Durant, he loves his mama, and you can say that. Everything he, he does, he put her in the spotlight. So it starts, you know, we don't have to rely on a, on a coach. Our kids need to know right from wrong. When you go out there, you make a mistake, you got to own up to it. My thing is you need to think before you act. So we need to do a lot of talking. We need to talk to a lot of people that are not our kids. We need to start complimenting our guys and let them know that they are somebody. When they start thinking it and they start feeling it, uh, they have a whole different type of attitude. Let them know that this jive time stuff is not cool. You named five people that you went to school with were well, so slick, so cool, and had it going on. You, can you remember their name? No. You see, so we got to start doing that type of talk to them and let them know that sometimes that hip stuff, it, it's not going to get you where if you look down, that down. we got to see the forest from the tree. So that it makes a difference. So we, we got to do a lot of talking. But we do have those type of organizations that are out there. Whether or not we support them is one thing, but they are out there. Well, Joyce, I have been uh, on record as saying, I don't know if the NAACP, is ready to go into this new time period. If they were ready, I would be more than willing to support them. And But they had to find a way to engage these young adults so that these young adults get involved. It just seems like uh, they are more involved in these banquets that they're having uh, instead of doing the work of, of uh, making sure that African-Americans and people of color are not being mistreated. That's true. That's why we need to put them out. We gotta put them to the forefront. We gotta, we gotta make, we gotta voice our opinion, and we gotta start asking questions. We gotta ask them, what are you doing for? We, we got to start asking. 
What are you doing for our community? What are you doing for this? What are you going to do this and this and that? We need to stand up and start asking and start putting all these people who are supposed to be representing us or us, we need to put them to the test. We need to know what are you doing? What is your timetable? What are you planning to do for our community? What are you doing? We need to make them show up because right now they're just going through, they're going through the motion, but we need to make them start being accountable. Accountability is everything. Uh, Andre, I see you just uh, got on the line, um, and we were talking about Jameis Winston and how he's uh, got suspended for three games, and you know how we need our young men and women to understand the value that they play in our communities, and that they can't just squander uh, the money that they're receiving. He's just lost an endorsement by Nike, and uh, just for uh, being in a car with an Uber driver and being accused of uh, just touching her inappropriately. Well, uh, Marvelous Monday to everyone. And, yeah, I just joined and I heard the end part of it. And uh, I want to follow up on what I heard Joy said because, you know, a lot of times, James, you ask us for actions. What can we do to ensure not only our voices are heard, but be involved in the community. I think you were looking for an organization to um, counteract, if you would, at the level of the NRA. And while Joyce identified organizations in which we have, and she stated that if they're not there, then we need to, you know, we determine if we support them or not. And you mentioned that you just don't feel that they qualify right now to bring in the young people. I mean, this is my summary, uh, the young people. And, you know, I, I think that you're both on to something. We have to recognize in the black community it was our forefathers and our elders uh, that taught us and, 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 and instilled that value of, of a participation, engagement, and what that means. It starts in the home, as Joy said. I wonder how many times have we ensured that we take our children to vote with us, we engage them in um, local politics or what's going on or engagement. Uh, we can't get into other people's pockets. I don't care if they make it big or not. Bottom line of it, we have to, we would want them to do, but we can't get into their pockets. But what we can do is make sure that we're involved. So I challenge us if we're not supporting um, an organization and each each person has their own individual uh, cause that they're supporting, that they um, they take an opportunity to do to do just that. And I know that supporting a cause goes beyond the financial piece. So whether you can uh, support by providing financial support, uh, making phone calls. Uh, being involved in uh, different meetings, committees, and that type of thing. And uh, we we really have to depend on our young people to get involved. You know, this show, we have um, a mixed uh, representation across the country, but I know, James, I know you're striving to attract young people to your show as well, so you understand the struggle of these organized uh, co committees and, and um and groups that that is the struggle that we're all having, but it goes back to the home. So we, you know, we we have to make sure that we're taking action to do just that. Well, let let me just say this, and and um, listen, you can't 
you you if you're always worried about people um being angry at you or people be uh taking what you say the wrong way, then you're never gonna say something that has so I'll go out on a limb. Yeah. It has been my do, experience. Yeah, but you have to back up your words, you know. We can't look to other people to do it. We can't look to, you know, when is the organization going to step up? Okay, then, if they're not stepping up, have we helped them to try to but, step up? Have we attended mid- uh, meetings? Now, but at and, some point, at some point, hold on, at some point you have to be prepared to move on and to create a new organization. And what I'm saying, what I'm going to share with you is this. I have been intermittently been giving my money to the NAACP. But the point is, the truth is, if I don't take if I not if I don't take action uh to find a way to give it to them, I, they don't reach out to me. So what I'm saying is when my mother, I don't receive no letter saying, "Hey, look, Mr. Deshay, uh your membership had expired. Please send us some more money." Okay, so I'm saying to you that that here it is, in, in our, this is in Orlando, I don't know about nowhere else, that yeah. I have uh, given money, but they don't reach out to me, they don't contact me, nobody calls and says, hey, look, uh, it's time for you to send your membership fee in again. And so if they're not calling me, there's a whole lot of other people ain't being called. So to me, uh-huh. they, they go out, they sell banquet tickets, when the the year come and they trying to make enough money to give to the main organization, uh, but they're not trying to increase their membership in a way that they can make a difference. You, if you I don't have the money, today. if you can, if you don't have the money, you can't make a difference. I, yeah, I, I encourage you, James, to I, I encourage you, James, to not only try to support them to, uh, with finances, I, I encourage you to participate. And I, I had a similar experience years back. Now, because of the fact that um, while I didn't attend the meetings, people that went to our church was very active and engaged, and I told them just exactly what you said. Now I'm getting uh, duplications almost of them asking and keeping me even up to date of what's going on. So it was a difference there. But, Audrey, you can't be an effective organization if that ain't something you do on your own. I bet you don't have to to be asked to send you no card to ask for their money. I mean, you do that even with your Uh, membership. You only do it with your membership or the people who were members before. But that shouldn't be my responsibility to tell you to come get my money. Okay, you know what, James? I like to weigh in. I like to weigh in on that right now. Okay, go ahead. If you don't think that they're the right ones, then we're going to get this to Well, no, I want to say, if you don't think that they are the ones, then what are you doing to help them? Okay, hold on. Andre, let D get in here. Go ahead, D. Okay. I, 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 Mr. Andre, defense of the NAACP is admirable. It is uh, due, due to their their uh, the help that they have uh, supported us in the past. But I, I said on a, on a previous show that the NAACP and their and their posture uh, have put them in the realm of being a relic of the past. Like Ms. Joyce just said, if they want to come up to speed, first thing they need to do. 
first thing they need to do if they want to come up to speed is change the name. Because, you know, in today's time, in 2018, these young people are not going to be uh, recognizing themselves as being colored, you see. So the first thing you need to do is change the name. All right. Yes, and then, yes, and then, yes, the the organization needs to be revived to where young people can can relate to them. I had said that Black Lives Matter would be the perfect organization if their call to service or their call to duty duty was in line in what we we're talking about. Their mission statement. What's their mission statement in Black Lives Matter? If they would change uh, their mission statement or uh, enlighten us of what their mission is, then that name would be the name. That would that would be the ideal organization that we're looking for. However, their mission is not online, as as far as I can tell, it's not online of what we were talking about. But the NAACP, yeah, if they would show a different posture than 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 what they're doing currently, then. Uh, they need to revise and, and come up to speed. And the and, and first thing they need to do is change the name. Thank you. I agree with you, D, and I think we have to help them to do just that. I think we have to not just talk about it on this show, but I think we have to make sure that who we're talking to and telling is making a difference because it, we can go around all day and say what's well, not working. But I tell you what, you're right, NRA, they've been around a long time, and I, I would imagine that they've had to make some adjustments too. And you're exactly right, um, Dee. We ha- that's what I was saying, maybe I just didn't articulate it well, that we have to make sure that we engage our young people. If we don't, we're dying out. Our generation is dying out. And if we don't have those to come behind us, it, 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 it's unfortunate. But the values of making sure that someone is involved, they get that by what they see their parents doing or what's important in their in their household. So I exactly I agree with you. We have to um, make sure that they are because I have a problem with uh, the voter uh, the voters league. You know my thing over and over. And unfortunately, I don't know someone on that committee yet. Uh, I guess it has to be myself because my thing I vote absentee vote or mail in vote. And so, you know, they don't necessarily make recommendations until a couple of days before Election Day. It's too late. I've already voted and stuff. So, And that's something that's consistently that needs to go. So I'm going to drop off. I don't want you guys to think I'm dropping off because I'm upset. But uh, I have a, I have a, a study that I'm I supposed to be in at 7 o'clock, but I didn't want to drop off before. Thank you all. God continue to bless you and let us do what we know to do, and that's to take action while we're letting our um, voices be heard. Thank you so much, James, for having this platform. Listen, guys, let me just share something with you. And I am not here trying to badmouth the NAACP. Uh, they have done, you know, I am where I am as a result of, uh, their actions that they took place in the 50s and the 60s and in the 70s. But what I'm saying to you is the the um, Florida Highway Patrol, I gave to them one time, D, uh, Regina, uh, Joyce, and Kathy, I gave to the uh, Florida Highway Patrol one time. They called me every year asking me for my money. I mean, them people ain't going to let me forget that I gave to them that one time. And so I'm saying to you, over the years, I'm 58 years old. I've given to the NAACP a couple of times. 
uh, because they just caught me or somebody uh, or my daughter got involved or whatever. But they don't call me. And I'm saying you cannot grow as an organization if 24-7 you're not out there trying to get more uh, members and keep the members that you do have active. And right now, as large as Orlando is, they don't seem to be engaged in engaging the people are doing what it takes to make that organization greater. All they seem to be about is getting enough money to send to the national organization to fill their financial obligation. And you can't make a difference if you ain't got no money. And that's what I'm saying, uh, Joyce. Regina, would I mean, do you have any kind of a connection to your NAACP? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because of the stagnant nature of the NAACP, as it has shown itself to be over the past, I'd say, last maybe four years, um, I do have intentions on running for vice president of our local branch. Um, and I say vice president because I knew that there were some folk who were going to run for president who really, you know, have the time to be engaged with it. And if there is somebody else who comes forth and I feel that they have the energy and the um, the wherewithal to to be a good, engaged vice president, and I won't run for it. But I'm doing it because there needs to be a change. If someone else comes and they show that they're going to be the change agent, then I will support them 100%. But you are very right, James. I, I have yet to receive my my um, membership card, and I paid my money last year this time. It's time for me to renew. When I was having problems with the um, where I was living, and I took all my paperwork to them, I was told by the state president, I will look over this paperwork. Right now, I'm getting ready for the banquet. Well, they're getting ready for another banquet, and they have yet to call me about that paperwork. And I have an active um, file with um, filing a grievance against this th- that apartment complex. So that's something they could have really been a part of, but they had to do their uh, banquet first. Yeah, that's. It, it you know, seems I'm, just, I'm messing with you because you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems like all across the country, all they're interested in is having a successful banquet so they can send that money to the national organization and uh, they can stay just where they are. They're not looking to expand mm-hmm. the organization anymore. Yeah. They're not looking to be a, an active uh, involvement in what's going on across the nation. Um, when uh, Thurgood Marshall and uh, the other lawyers were going around the country and fighting for African-Americans 
uh, for co- these court cases, they were getting nickels, dimes, quarters, and dollars uh, from every place they could find it uh, to uh, support these men as they went uh, here and there doing what it was they had to do. But right now, you can't go to the NAACP and tell them that you need a lawyer uh, to help you on a case. Uh, they may be uh, a very good case because they just don't have the ability to do it. And so uh, well, Jay, it's just James, what they, that we find ourselves in this situation. James, what they do with that is they evaluate the cases, and then they call the money that goes that they're collecting on the local basis goes into the national fund, the National Legal Defense Fund, and then it is paid out of the National Legal Defense Fund. So everything is decided, is determined what it is locally, and then it's sent up. What I was saying is that they didn't even look at, they have not made any determination of local issues in so long that they've become uh, um, an ineffective organization. Uh, D, let me just ask you, don't, does it seem crazy that you you don't expand your base? You Your base should always be expanding, that you don't keep enough money in your local chapter to wage any wars locally, uh, especially for those people who are in, have no ability uh, to hire a lawyer for themselves, and, and you become what's the point of a, a mother who has a child that has been treated in unfairly can't come to you and get some assistance? Then what's the point? Well, James, the uh, NAACP over the past five years has. Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after after opportunity, time and time and time again, to show their new uh, uh, concern about today's issue. Uh, like Miss Virginia just stated, uh, they are uh, only interested in growing from the inside. They're not trying to obtain any new members. They're not making themselves known to the to the younger generation, and so um, again, uh, so they to me they're just showing that they're more so a relic of our past than they are interested in looking toward our future. In that, uh, there has to be, or there should be, uh, Miss Regina. I am very uh, elated to hear that you are putting forth the interest to make a difference in that organization, in our organization. It's still our organization. They just need help, like sure uh, Audrey said. Uh-huh. They need a, just need some help in, 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 in redirecting themselves, going toward the future. Thank you. You know, uh, Cassie, it is just that you can, as far as I'm concerned, you cannot be quieter than the NAACP is right now. I have not heard anything. I have not heard that voice in so long. I'm no longer um, looking to hear it. 
Well, James, I am so sorry to hear that, but we would gladly, our organization would gladly accept your donation, as you know what we do <laughs> in the communities. And we are actually now looking for donors. So if you like, I can send you out a pamphlet, and we will take over where the NAACP stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy, uh, I have and enough that, money. That's what I'm talking you, about. Hey. Email me, right email, uh, I think I provided you with the email, uh, everybody would email everybody else. You know, I you know, I have some nickels and dimes, and I don't mind sharing them, but I sure ain't going to go looking for you to, to to ask you if it's okay for me to send it to you. But if you ask, I you know, what what did God say, ask and it shall be given? The NWA sure ain't asked me, and I sure, I mean, at least you could ask so that I could I, I could be willing to give. Uh, let me um play a take a break and then I'll come back and give everybody an opportunity to say that final word. Eastern Time. Call in at 
323-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. Uh, Regina, what is your final thought this evening? Are you there, Regina? um, Go ahead. Let's try to... Can you hear me? Go ahead, Regina. I can hear you. Okay, Cassie, what is your final thought this evening? Well, since we're always talking about um, how we can help or what we can do, since we just heard that Regina will be running uh, for a seat on the NAACP, I think that's what she said, right? Then we need to donate to her so that she can go and get her a seat in there so that we can make her voice be heard because of all the things that we've been talking about because she does probably need the money in order to um, get out there and, uh, you know, start her campaigning to get one of those seats. So that would be something that we could do as a group. It it is. And I'm not sure why I didn't hear Regina, but uh, I'll talk to her off uh, off the show and see if there's something that we can do to support her run for vice president, I think she said. Uh, That would be an outstanding opportunity for us to support her and for us to support what you're doing as well. We need to uh, just uh, find a a time, a yearly time, to ask uh, everybody uh, to support you and what it is that you're doing as well, Kathy, because I fully support you and what it is that you do for those young people. And our young people need to know that they're loved and cared about, uh, no matter what. Uh, I want to just and talking with me every day, and just know that I'm going to continue to try to be here uh, for this platform and for you and for those uh, that are listening and those who are going to be listening. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another and have a right mind of faith
walk on through temptation. Cause he's love, and his wisdom will be our helping hand. I know the truth, and his word will be our salvation. Lift up our hearts to be thankful. Jesus. 